night. No, we've only been in it for a few weeks, but Lord willing, we'll come back next Wednesday night. But I want you to take your Bibles tonight and turn to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter number 4 is where we're going to be tonight. Lamentations chapter number 4. Let me ask us tonight as you're turning to Lamentations, are there things, people, places, things I guess we could say, are there things tonight that are timeless? It's not a, it's not a trick question. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. God's Word is timeless. God's Word is timeless. Marriage is timeless. Right? And by the way, God's definition of marriage is timeless. People try to change that, but there are institutions, there are places, there are things that are timeless. The gospel is timeless. Holiness is timeless. Many, many things that are timeless. The church is timeless. But there are things that we can do. Now, those things never change and they will always be timeless. But there are things that we can do, and by things I simply mean... We could, we could really boil it down really maybe to one word, and it's the word disobedience, or we could use the word rebellion tonight. But we can tarnish those things. Now, they'll never be tarnished. God's Word will be God's Word forever, right? But we, we can put a bad light on it. The church will always be the church. But the church has been tarnished in the eyes of the world today because of... Um, misappropriation, because of how people act sometimes, because um, people allow self to take control over the Lord Jesus Christ and over His Word. And so in the world's eyes, those things are tarnished, right? Even though they're not. And tonight we find uh, a chapter, and we find that the nation of Israel, because of their disobedience, Let's just read the verse there in Lamentations chapter number 4, verse number 1. And by the way, that's why we can never, ever, 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 ever back down from what the Bible says. Never. This week, this week on Monday, in our state capitol, do you see what happened? In our state capitol, a man who's trying to be a woman, and by the way, that strikes right at the core of God's authority. God said there's male and female. God said He made them man and woman. And there's a a man who's trying to be a woman who led prayer, opening prayer, at our state legislature in the House of Representatives, in the floor of the House of Representatives. That speaks right to what we're looking at tonight. Look what the Bible says in Lamentations chapter number 4, in verse number 1. Now notice in this verse there are two exclamation points. Now I'm not going to necessarily read it that way, but two exclamation points. He says, how is the gold become dim?" How is the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top 
of every street. We know what the book of Lamentations is about. It is a lamenting of what has happened to Judah, what has happened to the city of Jerusalem. And Jeremiah laments what has happened. Here's Jeremiah, the man who preached and preached and preached and called Judah to repentance. And he preached message after message. He preached messages at the gate of the temple. And he called Judah to repentance. And they never did. There were some pockets of what we would call revival, although there was never national revival under Jeremiah's preaching. Can you imagine preaching day after day and year after year to people who you love and and, and your people, your nation and people who you love and, and preaching a message that God has given you and people just rejecting. By the way, preaching messages and you say in there, look, if you'll come back to the right way, if you'll come back to God's Word. In Jeremiah chapter number 6, he said, if you'll come back to the the old paths. And by the way, the old paths there, just God's Word. What, What God had delivered to them. He said, if you'll come back to the old paths, he said, that's the place of what? Anybody remember? Place of rest. He said, that's where you find rest. But what did they say? We will not. Can you imagine? And now Jeremiah, he looks over the city and he looks over his nation and he looks over Judah and especially the city of Jerusalem. And he said, how is the gold become... And I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, it's been several weeks ago, that patriotism in America has waned over the past few years. Can I submit one reason for that tonight? Is because of the gold of the nation of the United States of America has dimmed because of her disobedience. And now people look at, and by the way, I've had people say this to me. They said, Pastor, how, how can I pledge allegiance to a flag where its leaders condone so much filth? It's a good question. It's an honest question. It's a fair question. By the way, I don't say that saying that I, I, I hate or am ashamed to be an American. I'm very thankful to be an American tonight. But I submit to us tonight that that, that love and, and that patriotism and that gold, I would use that term, that gold of patriotism has dimmed because we have disobeyed God. And now we have leaders who uh, do exactly what was done in Lamentations 4. We'll see it tonight. And he says, how is the gold become dim? Let's pray, ask the Lord to help you tonight. I just want to preach on tonight. The word dim. Dim. Why did it happen? How did it happen? And we'll see that tonight right here in chapter number 4 and a few other places here in the book of Lamentations. Let's pray and ask for God's help tonight. Father, I pray that you would work in our hearts tonight. I pray for our teenagers and our young people next door in Master Club. Father, I pray that your word has been placed into their hearts tonight. Lord, if there would be one that needs to be saved, Lord, I pray that tonight would be their night of salvation for a young person who needs to get some things right with you tonight. Lord, I pray that that would be the case as well. Lord, for us in here tonight, Lord, if we've allowed things in our lives that are contributing to the things that are going on even in our nation. Lord, I understand we're speaking of Jerusalem and Judah, but Lord, if we are allowing things, Lord, I pray that tonight 
Lord, as we're thinking about salt and light this year, Lord, I pray that we would allow things to shine brightly. We would allow you, we would allow your word, we would allow your holiness to shine forth in our lives this year. Lord, help us not to allow the gold to become dim in our spiritual lives. So, Father, I pray that you'd remind us, teach us tonight, help us. Father, I do ask that you would work on behalf of those folks that aren't here tonight. Some are sick, some are traveling. We pray that you put your hand of healing upon them. We pray that you give protection as only you can. And, Father, we'll sure thank you for what you're going to do in these next few moments. Father, we commit them to you. And we ask that you would work in our hearts as only you can. Father, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let me, let me real quickly, let me add another prayer request. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Elise asked us to pray for her co-worker, uh, Miss Crowder. Uh, she lost her baby. And so let's add her to our prayer list tonight as well. Let me give you, I'm, I'm going to give you three th- truths tonight that we find here in Lamentations chapter 4. And we'll develop those a little bit. But I want us to see, first of all, the declared guilt. Number one tonight, the declared guilt. Look down, if you would, at verse number 13. And, and we'll, actually, let's just do this. Let, let me just get the full context. Let's read down to verse number 14. The Bible says, How has the gold become dim? How has the most fine gold changed? The stones of the sanctuary are poured out in the top of every street. Now, right here at the very beginning, the gold here in verse number 1 most likely is speaking of the gold of the sanctuary. Uh, Jerusalem has been burned. Jerusalem has been laid ruin. And so no doubt the, the gold that was there in the sanctuary has soot and smoke that is built upon it. And the prophet, he says, how has the gold become dim? He's speaking specifically of the sanctuary in verse number 1. But look at verse number 2. He says, the precious sons of Zion, comparable, comparable to fine gold. How are they esteemed as earthen pitchers, the work of the hands of the potter? Even the sea monsters draw out the breast. They give suck to their young ones. The daughter of my people has become cruel like the ostriches in the wilderness. The tongue of the sucking child cleaveth to the roof of his mouth for thirst. The young children ask bread, and no man breaketh it unto them. They that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet embrace dunghills. For the punishment of the iniquity of the daughter of my people is greater than the punishment of the sin of Sodom that was overthrown as in a moment, and no hands stayed on her. Her Nazarites were purer than snow. They were whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies. Their polishing was of sapphire. Their visage is blacker than a coal. They are not known in the streets. Their skin cleaveth to their bones. It is withered. It is become like a stick. They that be slain with a sword are better, excuse me, better than they that be slain with hunger. For these pine away stricken through for want of the fruits of the field. The hands of the pitiful women... We've referenced this verse a number of times. Can you imagine? The hands of the pitiful women have sodden their own children. They're eating their own children. They're boiling their children. They were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. The Lord hath accomplished His fury. He hath poured out His fierce anger and hath kindled a fire in Zion and it hath devoured the foundations thereof. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world will not have believed that the adversary and the enemy should have entered into the gates of Jerusalem. They'll never come here. We ever think that about America? They'll never come here. 
We're safe. We're secure. They'll never. By the way, they're already coming here. That they'll never come here. That they'll never get into our borders. They'll, that's what Jerusalem said. They'll never come. Verse thirteen. This is where I wanted us to get. We're speaking about first of all the declared guilt, the declaration of guilt for the sins. Verse thirteen of her prophets and the iniquities of her priest that have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her. They have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood so that men could not touch their garments. The prophets, the priest, the declaration of guilt. First of all, the prophets did not preach Except for Jeremiah. Jeremiah preached. But the prophets did not preach. Hey, take your Bibles. Go back one book. Go back to the book of Jeremiah. We mentioned this chapter just a moment ago. But go back to Jeremiah chapter number 6. Number 1, speaking about the declaration of guilt. What was the first declaration of guilt? The prophets didn't preach. He said, for the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priest. They didn't preach. They didn't push back. No, the Bible says in verse 14 of Lamentations 4, they, excuse me, they have wandered as blind men in the streets. Why did they wander as blind men in the streets? Because nobody led them. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? Amen. Psalm 119, 105. Nobody led them. The prophets and the priests, they weren't giving them the word of God. They weren't giving them the light. They weren't leading them. And so the Bible says they're walking in the streets Blind. Jeremiah chapter 6, notice verse number 11. He says, Therefore I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. And here we go. For from the least... From the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to what? Covetousness. And from the prophet, even unto the priest, everyone dealeth how? Falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You know what we do today? We bind up physical, and I say we, I'm talking about Christianity as a whole. We bind up physical wounds, but we never treat the spiritual wounds. We give people food. We mentioned a few weeks ago, we are making this world simply a better place from which to go to hell. We're binding up the physical, but we're not dealing with the spiritual. And he says, they have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly. Saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? He says, look, go back to the old paths. Go back and walk in the good way. Go back and walk in my oracles. Go back and listen to my word. Be obedient to my word. And ye shall find what? Rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk 
therein. The prophets did not pre, excuse me, preach. Number two, the priests were polluted. Verse number 14 of Lamentations 4. The priests were polluted. They have wandered as blind men in the streets. They have polluted themselves with blood so that men could not touch their garments. You don't have to turn back there, but I, I'm going to turn back and read in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter number 24. Now I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. 2 Kings 24 verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim became his servant three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him bands of the Chaldees, and bands of the Syrians, and bands of the Moabites, and bands of the children of Ammon, and sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servants the prophets. Surely at the commandment of the Lord came this upon Judah to remove them out of his sight for the sins of Manasseh according to all that he did. Notice this. And also for the innocent blood that he shed for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood which the Lord would not pardon. First of all, the prophets did not preach. The priests were polluted. And then thirdly, the people were permissive. The prophets did not preach. The priests were polluted and the people were permissive. Again, hope you might be there. I should have had you stay there. But look back at Jeremiah chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter number 5. Jeremiah chapter number 5. And verse number 29. The Bible says, Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not, excuse me, shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy again. Here we go. How do they prophesy? Falsely. And the priests bear rule by their means. And my people, what? Love to have it so. My people, because they're never convicted. They're never convicted. And the Bible says, And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? The declaration of guilt. The prophets did not preach. The priests were polluted. And the people were permissive. There's this week. and you, you may, I'm not even going to mention his name. and You may not even know him and that's fine. But this week there's a, there's a, a pastor from... Uh, across the pond, we could say it that way. There's a pastor who came out over the past few weeks and he made a statement that's really boy, just blown up and caused an uproar about uh, speaking. He, he was speaking specifically about one person he was counseling and he told what he told that individual. He was counseling, I believe it was a lady, but it doesn't matter, but he was counseling this individual. This individual asked him, if I have a family member that is getting married, but it's a gay marriage... Should I go? Well, that answer is easy. No. Because we're not going to go condone it. It's wrong. He counseled this individual, yes. And by the way, very well known. He counseled and said, yes, and take a gift. Because in doing so, you're showing the love of Christ. That's wrong. Now, this guy for a long time 
has never made any statements like that. Now, I'm not throwing this individual under the bus, but that's a wrong statement. That goes and strikes directly against the Word of God. He, he, and he used, he used the passage where the Bible says that Jesus ate with sinners. Not the same thing. I can go have a meal with a friend who's not saved and sit down and have a meal with them and talk about Christ and try to bring them to Christ. But I should not go and attend a wedding and bring a gift where I am condoning an abominable lifestyle. That's absolutely against God's Word. Now, by the way, I'm very thankful he has gotten a lot of pushback. Gotten a lot of pushback on it. And by the way... uh, one radio radio station has already pulled him off. He ought to get pushed back. And by the way, after that, he doubled down on it. He, he preached in his church and he doubled down on what he said. And he, this, was, this was one of the things he said. He said to his church, he said, I have always been an evangelical. He said, the American fundamentalists don't understand... The, uh, I forget exactly how he phrased it, but he said they don't understand the evangelical here. And my boys and I were talking about this last night. And there are people who want, and whatever, the, you can label people whatever you want to label them. He can label people an American fundamentalist, but he's simply labeling people who are going to stick with God's Word. Okay? And so... My boys and I were talking last night, and here you have people who want to stand on truth. But then you have our world today, and our Christian world today, and our church world today that says, hey, we just all need to get together. I agree with it. Brother Caleb taught in Sunday school last Sunday how good it is for brethren to dwell in what? Unity. Absolutely agree with that. That is truth. So, if we want to dwell in unity, those who are in error need to come back to truth. Those who are in truth don't need to go to error. And we've got that so backwards today. Well, you know, I've got to give up a little bit. Because we watch politics, and politicians do that. And we're like, well, it won't hurt if I give a little bit, because it's good for brethren to dwell in unity. Yes, if they're dwelling in truth. Because if we leave truth and come over here, what do we have? We just have a big old mess of error. We've all left truth and now we're unified because here's the truth. Many, many times those who have left truth to come to error, they're not coming back. But they expect us to come with them. No. No, I'm not leaving truth to go to error. That's what the priest and the prophets did. They left the oracles of God. They were given something special. They were given the oracles of God. They were given the laws of God. And they were to really, God's hope was for them to be the missionaries to the rest of the world. Didn't happen that way. They rebelled and they rejected God's word. And they went and served the gods of the heathen nations where they dwelt in the promised land. And so what they did, they they were given God's truth. But they came over here with the heathen nations and unified amongst error. But thankfully, one person stayed over there. First and foremost, God always stays over there. 
He never moves. But, th- but, but thankfully, somebody else stayed over here. Jeremiah stayed over here. Jer- Jeremiah didn't go over there. Jeremiah stayed here and kept preaching. And so number one tonight, you have the declaration of guilt. Number two. Number two, you have the devoured generations. The devoured generations. And this is the price of allowing the gold to dim. The declaration of guilt. The prophets did not preach. The priests were polluted. And the people were permissive. Number two, the devoured generations. We already read verses 1 through 12. Look back at chapter number 1 quickly if you would. Lamentations 1. The devoured generations. Notice verse number 5. Lamentations 1 verse number 5. By the way, let me say this. If, if, I go, if I go and condone my family members, by the way, let me, let me say this too. If I have a family, if one of my children ever loses their mind and they decide they're going to marry someone who is not a Christian, who doesn't believe in God, I'm not going. It's not just because it's a homosexual. No, no, I'm not going. You say, Pastor, I don't know about that. I'm not going. Because that's wrong. The Bible tells us that we're not to be unequally yoked. I'm still going to love my son. I'm still going to love my daughter. But if they decide, you know what? I I found this young man or I found this young lady and and, and she loves me and I love her, but she doesn't care anything about my God. She doesn't care anything about church. She's not saved, but we're going to get married. I love you, son. I love you, daughter, but I'm not coming. Because you're wrong. And I'm not going to condone you doing something that's going to hurt the rest of your life. But pastor, I've known people, I've known people who've gotten married and they've married people that weren't saved. But after they got married, they got saved. We don't live our lives on the exceptions. We live it by the rule of God's Word. Yes, I can tell you exceptions of that myself. But I don't live based on the exceptions. I live based upon the rule of God's Word. And so look, if they're doing wrong, I'm not going to... Co- because here's the thing. If I go condone it, where do they have to go? Let me get back to where I was. I had error over here, not over there. So error's here. Truth is still there. If I come over here with them, I, ha- I have told them, you don't need to come back. You don't have to come back. I've just agreed with you. I'm okay with you. I'll still come for Christmas. I'll still come for birthday parties. I'll still come for this. I'll still come for this. I have agreed with them. No. It's not right. Number one, the declaration of guilt. Number two, the devoured generations. Chapter number one, verse number five. The Bible says, Her adversaries are the chief. Her enemies prosper. Let me back up just a second. And we'll finish reading this. I'm very grateful for our state and I'm very grateful for a lot of the leadership in our state. But we have a party in charge in Nashville that should have stopped what happened Monday. Should have stopped that. Well, Pastor, there are rules and everybody gets to pick. Everybody gets to pick, you know, uh, uh, someone to come and pray at different times during during the sessions. You're in leadership. 
you could have stopped that from happening. Lamentations 1 verse number 5. Let's read it. Let me back up again. Because we make this statement in America. You can't legislate morality. Do we understand that every law that is made is a moral law? Just depends on what your morals are. That's every law that's passed is a moral law. It just depends on what your set of morals are. So if you have a group of people who their morals are really bad and they wouldn't line up with our morals at all, well, they make laws based upon their morals. So in essence, now I've probably made that statement before you can't legislate morality. But you know what? In all honesty, yes, we do. Every law we make is a legislation of some morality. It just depends on what your morality is. And we have allowed people who have no biblical morals, we have allowed them a seat at the table because we say, well, everybody everybody ought to have a voice. Not if your morals are bad and against God's Word. You might disagree with me on that. That's okay. We can have a discussion about it. Lamentations 1 verse number 5. The Bible says her adversaries are the chief. Her enemies prosper. For the Lord hath afflicted her for the multitude of her what? Transgressions. And then notice, her what? Children. Her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. Number one, the declaration of guilt. Number two, the devoured generations. Three things. I'm just going to give you these quickly. We already read these in chapter number four. Number one, her sanctuary and her sons were devoured. Her sanctuary, verse number one, her sons were devoured. Secondly, her decency and her delicacies were devoured. Verses 3 through 5 and verse 10 of Lamentations 4. From delicacies to the dunghill, from scarlet to squalor, her decency and delicacies were devoured. And then thirdly, her fame and her favor were were devoured. Verse 2, verses 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12 again. The Bible says, The Lord hath accomplished His fury, hath poured out His fierce anger, and hath kindled a fire in Zion, and it hath devoured the foundations thereof. Verse 12. The kings of the earth and all the inhabitants of the world would not have believed that the adversary and the enemy should have entered into the gates of Jerusalem. Her fame and her favor were devoured. God had taken His hand of protection off of them. Her fame and her favor were devoured. Her sanctuary and her sons were devoured. Verse 2, remember what it said about the sons? The precious sons of Zion, comparable to what? Fine gold. How are they esteemed as earthen pitchers? The work of the hands of the potter. Hey, fine gold we use for special occasions, don't we? Earthen pitchers, they just, eh. We use them to feed the dog or water the dog, right? And now the fine gold, the sons of Jerusalem, of Judah. Not fine gold anymore. They're they're not comparable to fine gold anymore. Number one, the declaration of guilt. Number two, the devoured generations. We say it all the time, but children, children, most of the time, are the ones who bear the brunt of our adult bad spiritual decisions. 
they bear the brunt. And the Bible says in Lamentations 1, verse number 5, that the children, her children, Jerusalem, Judah, are gone into captivity before the enemy. The declaration of guilt, the devoured generations, and then number three, the dimmed gold. The dimmed gold. And I may be repeating myself a little bit here. The dimmed gold. And let me say this, because we have great privilege, we have great responsibility. The Bible says in Luke 12, 48, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much what? Required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Here's the truth tonight. Most of us in here tonight, I would say the vast majority of us in here, here, excuse me, in here tonight, we've grown up in church. We've heard the Word of God. We've been given much. We, we, now, just because people grow up in church don't, does not mean they know the Word of God. Doesn't mean that. But it does mean that you've been given a lot. Speaking with the teenagers Sunday afternoon, we're speaking about wisdom and foolishness and the simple man. And the statement in the book that they're reading was made that just because you hear doesn't make you wise. You have to choose. Just because our teenagers hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it doesn't make them wise. What makes them wise is when they choose to obey it. When they choose to receive it. When they choose to say, you know what, that's right, that's good, I need to listen to that. That's going to give me wisdom. Otherwise, they're just going to stay like the fool. Or they're going to be a fool, the Bible says. The fool is the one that hears, but he rejects the dimmed gold. What was dimmed? Real quickly. The gold of Judah's place lost its luster. Verse number 1, Jerusalem. The gold of Judah's place lost its luster. Let me read you a couple verses if I could and we need to go quickly. Psalm 48, Psalm 48 and verse number 2. Beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. The city of what? Of the great king. Psalm 50, verse number 2. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. So number one, speaking of the dimmed gold, the gold of Judah's place lost its luster. Listen, friend, tonight, if we ever allow ourselves to move from truth to error, or if we allow ourselves to say, you know what, I know it's truth, but I'm going to choose to disobey it. I know it's truth. I know it's God's Word and I believe it's God's Word. But you know what? I just make a decision. I'm going to choose to disobey. If we do that as a church or if we do that as individuals or if we do that as a family, then we allow our place to be dimmed. We allow this place, this church, and I know this church, the building is just the building. But listen, this is where we meet to corporately worship together. This is the local body right here, Maranatha Baptist Church, the local called out assembly right here. And if we ever move from truth to error, if we ever disobey God, the Bible says in Lamentations 1.5 that she was uh, afflicted for the multitude of her transgressions. Listen, if I ever stand in this pulpit and say that it's okay for a man and a man to get married. Y'all, look, I need to be gone immediately. I don't need, you, need, you don't even need to let me finish. Amen. And by the way, I don't think you would. 
I think there'd be some men who would stand up and, oh, did you just misspeak, Pastor? I think you just misspoke. And I do that sometimes. But if I say, no, 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 I didn't misspeak, then immediately, come on, immediately, call a vote, you're gone. You're gone. And by the way, the vote would be very clear, 100%. You're gone. Because if we ever move from truth to error, or if we ever disobey and disregard, and if we ever say, you know, I know, Jeremiah, you say that that's where the rest is, the old paths, God's Word, walk in those ways, walk in the Word of God, that's where rest is, but I'm not going to walk there yet. Then the gold is dimmed. So number one, the place, the gold of Judah's place, Jerusalem, Judah, the temple, the gold of Judah's place lost its luster. Secondly, the gold of Judah's people lost its luster. Again, I'm repeating, I know. But verse number 2, verses 7 and 8 of chapter number 4, verse number 1 of chapter 1. Notice verse 1 of chapter 1. The gold of Judah's place lost its luster. The gold of Judah's people lost its luster. Verse number 1 of Lamentations 1. How doth the city sit solitary? That was full of people. How has she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princess among the provinces. How has she become tributary? Remember during 2020, those first few weeks, and you'd go out to the grocery store? Nobody there. Maybe just one or two. And it was, oh. You go to the grocery store and, man, I'm just shopping. Walk by somebody, hey, how you doing? They're not going to talk to you, are they? Nine months later, in 2020, my family and I went to Mont Eagle for a couple days of vacation. We were hiking outside to some falls. We're going down the... Actually, we had already gone down to the steps. It was falls. Beautiful. And we're headed back up. People coming down the steps with their mask on outside. And they get close to us and they turn their backs and stand up against the rock wall until we get by. I, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. But the Bible says that was Jerusalem. Empty. How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? The gold of Judah's place lost its luster. The gold of Judah's people lost its luster. The gold, thirdly, of Judah's pleasant things lost its luster. Look at chapter 4, verse number 5. They that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet embraced dunghills. Verse 9. They that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger. For these pine away stricken through for one of the fruits of the field. The hands of the pitiful women have sodden their own children. They were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. If you're taking notes, write down 1 Kings 6.22 as well. The gold of Judah's pleasant things lost its luster. Can you imagine feeding on prime rib and now you're eating your own children? The gold of Judah's pleasant things lost its luster. Number four, the gold of Judah's power lost its luster. I'm not going to read it again, but chapter 4, verse number 12. The enemy said, I can't believe, 
the, the kings and the nations of the world said, I can't believe that the enemy came into Jerusalem's gates. The gold of Judah's power lost its luster. And then I'll give you a fifth thing. Here's why. We've talked about it all night. Because the gold of Judah's precepts lost its luster. Now let me make this very clear. God's Word never loses its luster. But in their eyes, it had lost its luster. Remember we sang tonight, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. Okay, when that stops meaning something to us, then Jesus Christ has lost His luster in our eyes. He, he never loses His luster. God's Word never loses its power, never loses its shine, never loses its gold, never lose, excuse me, loses its pricelessness, but in our eyes it can. And that's what happened with Judah. Number one, the declaration of guilt. The prophets did not preach. The priests were polluted. The people were permissive. They loved to have it so. And because of that, we have the devoured generations. Her sanctuary and sons were devoured. Her decency and delicacies were devoured. Her fame and favor were devoured. And then thirdly, we see the dimmed gold. The gold of Judah's place. The gold of Judah's people. Of her pleasant things of her power lost its luster. Because the gold of Judah's precepts lost its luster in their eyes. The word had become as nothing to them. By the way, do this and we'll be done tonight. Take your Bibles and go to Isaiah 5. This is where Lord willing will be next week. You say, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. The Word of God meant nothing to them anymore. Look, look at these next two verses we're going to look at next week. Isaiah chapter number 5, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says, Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity and sin. The idea there is they're drawing sin, as it were, with a cart rope. But notice verse 19, that say, Let him make speed and hasten his work that we may see it. You know what they're saying here? We haven't seen God's judgment yet. Let's see it. It hasn't happened yet. We're we're still living in in the way we want to live. We're still doing whatever we want to do. Haven't seen any judgment yet. Haven't seen the lightning bolts yet. That we may see it and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it. And they would know it, wouldn't they? He said, I don't believe people would ever just disregard God's Word. His own people, Israel, did. We, we don't see His judgment. We haven't seen His hand. We, we hear these prophets all the time talking about judgment and wrath and judgment and wrath. Haven't seen it yet. And so they just kept doing. Just kept living. Kept pulling their sin with cords of vanity. And their iniquity with the ropes like you'd pull a cart with. Just carrying them around. Pulling them around. Because they said, ah, no, I don't really believe that that judgment thing's coming. Until it came. Folks, and I, here's all I'm saying. We can't let the gold become dim. Can't let the gold become dim. Whether it's God's Word, truth, whether it's God's place, God's people... Sons who were comparable to fine gold. Now they're just like earthen pitchers. Can't let that happen. We spoke Sunday morning, Psalm 127. We asked the question, 
had all the kids stand up. How many of these are you willing to lose? The answer should be none. The answer should be zero. Then we can't let the gold dim. Yeah, but Pastor, you know, I, I just I, th- I think sometimes we ought to come a little bit toward them. Why? If we're if we're standing on truth, why should I go even an an a hair's width toward error? I shouldn't, because when we do, the gold becomes dim. Becomes dim. I told you a couple weeks ago, and I'm I'm done. Brother Roma mentioned to me. I, I told you a few weeks ago. A guy that he witnesses to and talks to online, he sent Brother Roma some videos of some church services in America. And he said, these are church services? That's not church. That's not what church is supposed to be. It's an unsaved guy. That's not what church is supposed to be. You know what's happening? The church is gold. It's losing its dim. Because it's no different than the world. And the world sees it, but the people inside the church don't see it. We don't see it sometimes. We do things and we're so wrapped up on the inside, we don't see it sometimes. God help us not to let the gold dim. Amen? That's, that, that's the message in Lamentations 4. Don't let the gold dim. Whatever the gold is. People, places, things... Don't let it dim because we have gone to error or we've disobeyed truth, which are one and the same. Father, thank you for the time tonight. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to be a people who hold tightly to the truth of your word. We speak the truth in love. We don't have to be obnoxious about it. We don't ever have to give up truth because it's truth. Lord, I'm so thankful you're immutable. You never change. And so because of that, we don't have to give up truth. Help us to make sure, first of all, that we're standing on truth. And then when we are, Lord, help us to stay there. Lord, give us a good night. We'll thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.